It is Thursday, February 10th, 2022. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. This is Baseball Today. And boy, we had we had some news. We really haven't had much over the last several weeks. I, we, we can't call this news, right? That's kind of what I want to talk about. I don't really think it was news. What did he say right there? Yeah. Did he are- really actually say anything? So we're talking about the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred, as the owners were wrapping up their quarterly meetings down in Orlando, Florida. He met with the media, had a statement uh, for several minutes, then took Q&A. In total, it lasted about 30 minutes. Um, Some of the things he said, he didn't let us get too deep into the owner's proposal, which they will turn over to the players, it sounds like, on Saturday and hope to get some sort of return answer in the near future after that. But he said, listen, we've we've come their direction a lot. We want a universal DH. We're no longer looking to get rid of salary arbitration. We're raising the minimum salary to $615,000, all that sort of stuff. So overall, what was your reaction? Did you take did you feel better after listening to him or not? No, I didn't feel better after listening to him this Rob should be doing this every single week. The fact that it took this long and that's all we got. That's what really upsets me. Like there was nothing of substance there. They went out. He was peacocking about, you know, we've been trying to do this. The phone works two ways. That's not how negotiations work. You get a proposal. There's a counter proposal, another counter proposal. You can't negotiate against yourself. So the phone works two ways is a, a silly thing to say, Rob. And, you know, I've seen some of the economic changes. You mentioned the 615 minimum salary. It's it's just not enough. I understand that's a bump. And he says every single pre-arbitration player uh, is better off. Well, you know, if you're paying, I mean, I'm using round numbers here. If you pay me a dollar and then you pay me a dollar and one cent, yeah, I'm technically better off, but not enough to match, you know, the cost of living since the last CBA, which this minimum salary doesn't. And, we can go on and on about that. There's so many things that he didn't address. It was all surface area stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And really like it just, to me, I, I was waiting for something to come and nothing came. Yeah. The, listen, universal DH and raising the minimum salary isn't going to shake the public perception that the owners are not interested in moving this thing forward. It's just not. Um, so a few things I found really interesting. Somebody asked him about, his perception, the perception of Rob Manfred in the world. And, and really the only way we can find out from players these days for the most part and by fans is by checking out social media. And he said, I don't really pay attention to social media. You know, it's not my thing. He says that's more tactical than anything else. (laughs) And to me, I think that's, that shows something. I think it means that he and ownership are severely out of touch with what's going on, not only with the players union, but wait, maybe the way most fans feel about the game. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, absolutely. I don't think they individual owners. I, I'm going to continue to say this are some nice people. I've mm-hmm. met many of these owners and I enjoy their company, but when you're talking about their business, I don't think they care that much what people say it's their business and they're going to go about it the way they want to go about it. Now, is that the right way to do things? No, it's not. Like you need to be in touch with your customer base, uh, with your product, and they're just not. They're kind of out of touch. And 
you know, he's talking about his perception. He's gotten through four labor agreements and they've, we've all, we've all done this together and it's happened before. And I don't work on the same person. It's like, well, you know, times have changed, things have changed. And guess what? During those negotiations, sure. Like you got a deal done, but like, there was still not a great feeling towards both sides like that. The contentiousness has been around for a long time. Yeah. So I don't know exactly. Um, how all this is going to be received from the players union. Let's assume because he didn't really give us a deep dive into the owner's proposal. By the he way, do you think anything. he should? Huh? He didn't give anything. Do you think he should have? Yeah, I think he sh- yes, I think he should have at least said, look, this is this is an area that we're going to focus on uh with this proposal cuz surely it's got to be already done. It's Thursday and right. Saturday's the day. So like they know what they're going to do. Like how about he said we're going to negotiate in good faith? Since when? When are you going to start? Is this well, the time? Is this the time you're going to start negotiating in good faith? And if so, give us a nugget. Give us some optimism. He said he was an optimistic person. Mm-hmm. Give the rest of the people some optimism because he didn't do that with his press conference. Well, you know, obviously one of the big hangups is that the players want to see uh, the competitive balance tax get reset at a much higher level. Okay. That's a big thing for them. Manfred totally dodged that question. He said, it, well, I mean, he said, no, basically it's status quo at this point. He said there was well, he, very he was minimal about the penalties. Change. So he was talking about the penalties. Yes. So in, in, in my mind, like we need to raise the threshold of when teams get penalized. That was the biggest thing that didn't happen in 2016. It should continuously get higher, get higher, get higher. It shouldn't be whatever it is now, 220 or something oh. like that. We should. Right, because it should be based on, I'm not a collective bargaining dude by any nature, but wouldn't you think that as revenues continue to grow in the sport, that so too should the collective, uh, the competitive balance tax rate, yeah, right? we don't know what they are. That's the problem is we don't know what revenues are. We sort of know what franchise values are worth or, or what franchise values are, but we don't know the revenue. None of the books are open. So like, for us to say, yeah, we want to do that, that requires the owners to say, this is how much we're making. So I guarantee you, whatever the bar is set at is not enough. And we already know that. And teams are using it as a hard cap. Every single thing that's going to be put into this next agreement, the owner side is going to look at the language and figure out a way to manipulate it. We, everybody knows that. And, you know, that's, that's business. That's just what it is. But I think that is one that is one point where we really need to see a significant change. Is that initial um, the starting point and the years after need to rise higher than they have uh, from the last CBA? I can't wait for Saturday. I can't wait for the reaction from the players union. I, I really am curious to see if they feel like and I'm not rooting for the players union to be like, well, this, this is a terrible proposal. That's not why I don't want controversy. I want this thing to end. I'm anxious and excited because I want to see if indeed maybe the owners have said, hey, listen, we got to move a little bit more on this. We really do. I mean, I suppose it's possible. I, I hope so, too. I really do. I hope that they – I mean, I want to take Rob at his word. I want them to come in with an offer that – you know, at least creates dialogue because that's what we've been missing pretty much throughout all these negotiations, which is insane to me. Like dialogue is probably the number one thing you need uh, in negotiations. So we haven't had that. He kept saying, um, 
you know, we're going to do something. And as when you think you're far away in a negotiation, it's just one little piece can move it. And then all the floodgates open. Hopefully that is the case. Um, I am not as optimistic. I'm not a, la- a body language um, reading expert. Uh, yes. But when he said I'm optimistic about the season starting on time, like it didn't seem like he was very optimistic. I am an optimist and I believe we will have an agreement in time to play our regular schedule. Yeah. So a few other things here. Um, he took a lot of questions for probably about 20 minutes or so. I wish that someone would have asked him a point that I've made countless times since this lockout started, which was people have more choices than ever before to entertain themselves. Sports, outside of sports, gamers, just walking around enjoying life in general. We have more opportunity than ever before. How worried are you that if first pitch is not thrown March 31st, that baseball may continue to sink into the abyss, the public perception abyss. I would have loved that. I would have ask him that because that would have, I would have loved to have heard him say at the very least, hey, we get it. Like we understand. Well, he that, doesn't look at social media. So how does he know? I, you know I would I mean? imagine there's got to be somebody in that office, somebody <laughs> in the Major League Baseball offices who's like, Right. It has to be somebody's job to say, here's where baseball is right now in the social conscience of America. Like, here's where we sit. Here's our pecking order. Yeah. Here's where we might fall. You don't think they're paying for marketing studies? That's it have uh, to be. You can't take Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. I mean, that can't be the end all be all. No, of, it's not. It's it not going to give you the most accurate representation, but it'll tell you something for sure. There's data there. You know, go ahead and look at what all the players are saying. You know, even the writers now, every, everybody is pissed at Manfred and at MLB. Yeah. Like, that's the bottom line. That is that is what I am totally seeing. I don't think I'm, like, in an echo chamber or anything like that. I follow all sorts of people. And there has been very little support for, for Bobby and, and, and the owners. I, I'll tell you this. I, he was asked about, hey, why didn't you guys do anything, offer a proposal, or have any sort of mm-hmm. movement from December 2nd until the middle of January. And he said, well, you know, the phone works both ways. Wasn't, wasn't the players union trying to get stuff done? And by the way, they were the ones that were locked out. You, he said we locked them out to try to get dialogue going again. What? In what there, world does that make sense? There should have been dialogue December 3rd. And I get it. There's probably attorneys and negotiators listening to this and saying, Rose, what the fuck? You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. That's not how you create leverage, all sort of stuff. But man, at the end, we are going to continue baseball. It's at some point. I hope it's March 31st. I feel like more likely it's like an April 20th sort of deal, something like that. What? April 20th. All right. Big day. Is that your birthday? (laughs) It might as well be. How do you not know what April 20th is, bro? Mm. I get it. Yeah, I'm with you. All right. Sorry. 420. My bad. <laughs> sorry. All right, I'm all in on that start. Yeah. <laughs> we can all celebrate in style. huh? <laughs> How great an opening day would that be? Rob, Rob needs some. I can tell you that right now. He needs to loosen up. A little. You know, what's funny. He, I felt like he was trying to be loose today. He s- laughed more yeah. than I've ever seen the guy laugh in any press conference. And I'm going to say this again. He needs to get on the podium. 
every single week yeah. until the lockout and, and the negotiations are done. Like he needs to do that. That is his job. You are the commissioner of baseball. Essentially, you are, I don't, God, I don't want to say this. He's the face of baseball right now. Like people are focused on what this guy has to say because we want baseball back and we got what? That's the first time he's spoken to the media the entire offseason, right? It's a joke. It's terrible. It's terrible PR for the league. Um, I know he's not super comfortable in front of the camera, but yeah, it, this is part of your gig. This is yeah. part of it. And I wish he would have come mean? out. I, mean, I wish he would have come out and said this. We've screwed up. We have screwed up. And the union has screwed up too. Like we haven't, we haven't done this well enough together. So now we do have to take a big step. And you know what? It's my job to enter the room of the owners. And even though I'm helping, I'm here to help serve their interests, we have to really take a good look at ourselves right now. We have to, That's... because if not, we're in danger of, of hurting the game. And although I'm an optimist by nature, we have a lot of work to do. And so, yeah, the, I take this, this is personal responsibility. It shouldn't have been, Hey, I've negotiated four times since 1998 and we didn't have a problem. We didn't have a work stoppage like that. You know that we don't need yeah. this right now. And like I said, there's been problems since 2016. Like those negotiations weren't great either. Okay. 2020 obviously was horrible and it was all in the public eye. Like, so I don't really understand what he's talking about. Just because you got the job done doesn't mean it went smoothly. Doesn't right. mean you didn't create a divide between the players and your side. Cause that's what's happened big time. And you're asking him to go speak like a human and have some feelings and some, and some just like overall feel not going to happen. I know it's tough. It really is tough. All right. Um, before we finish up here, what, what's your gut tell you right now? My gut tells me, I, I want to see what, what the proposal is. I've seen some charts, um, you know, some of the stuff that they've sent over. It's not really great. There needs to be more, you know, they need to walk closer to the middle. How about that? Because mm -hmm. they're not there yet. So if, if, if something happens on Saturday, we're like, okay, and there is dialogue created, like he's promising. I still don't think we start on time. He referenced four weeks for spring training. I've been saying the same thing. Three to four weeks, we have to do it. It's for the benefit of, you know, the players, essentially. The physical, like you're talking about the physical, the physical benefit. The yeah, right. and he mentioned that also. They, you know, the 2020, the, three, the two week thing they did there, data supported that that was you know contributed to injuries so they're not going to rush into this thing both sides aren't going to do that so once we get an agreement then he said you know it has to be ratified by both sides we have to get the players to spring training there's there's a lot of logistics that have to happen i am not confident at all that the season will start on march 31st in fact i'm i could i'd bet a lot of money that it doesn't start on time i told you 420 Light it up, dude. Light it up. That'll be, you know, hey. That'll be, new, be up for it. The new MLB now, now, If they do that, do we get 162 somehow? No. Can't, right? That's 20 extra days? No. You can only play so many double headers. I wonder what they try to do. I think they probably try to get to 150-ish. 154 is like the old mark. and Well, let's remember that um, – April is the month where you have the most off days built in, right? Because of the weather yeah. issues. So mm -hmm. it always feels like the first three weeks of the season, you've got three or four off days anyway. So think about that. We're going to get two out of the last three seasons, not full baseball. What are we doing? 
Well, one of them is that you couldn't control. Sure, but he also mentioned in his press conference that there's no way they could have played more games because the government wasn't going to allow them, which is okay. absolute BS. Well, whether that's true or not, sorry. I, to me, that's that's an issue between Rob Manfred and the players. I personally, as a fan, I moved on from that because okay, I'm not fine. privy to that sort of stuff. I care about the here and now. This mm-hmm. is something that we as a sport can control that starting on time. And by the way, for people that are like, well, Rob Manfred doesn't like baseball. Do you think he wants to be known as the commissioner that had a work stoppage and missed games because of it? I, I can't yeah. believe he wants that on his record. I cannot believe it. I mean, can he save his reputation now? Like well, how? The, I thought today could have gone. It wouldn't have saved it but it would have taken a step in the right direction. I think that if somebody had, had gotten to him and said, Hey, listen, you have to show some contrition here yeah, and some empathy for the other side. You don't have to be a hard nosed negotiator and say the phone works both ways. Like, fuck, who's, who's going to enjoy listening to that? Like any fans at home sitting there going, yep, you sure showed him with that one. No, I, I agree. I thought the overall feeling um, of his attitude was arrogance um, you know, calling out the players like that phones work both ways was probably the, the dumbest thing he said, uh, because again, you don't negotiate against yourself. Like, would he do that? I want to ask him, I would ask him that. Would you negotiate against yourself, Rob? See what he said. Obviously yeah. he would say no. So, yeah, I mean, like I, I totally agree with you. He could have went out there and said, look, we really want to make this work. Um, he could have like, he could have complimented, the players or the fans or something like that, but he didn't. All he did was pat himself on the back and say, we're going to, we think we've made great deals. We're going to make another deal on Saturday and I'm an optimist and the season's going to start on time, even though he knows it's not going to start on time. Why would he do that? Well, or at least empathize with people. You know, I understand you have to have your people's back. I get it. I understand it. That part is business, but you also have to have a feeling if you're looking out for the general welfare of your sport, there has to be, you can't say, well, the players take on social media. That's tactical and rhetoric. That doesn't help yeah, anybody. From the king of tactical himself. That just doesn't happen. All right. Uh, before we get out of here, we're going to have one little fun thing. We do have Super Bowl 56 coming your way. Rams, Bengals, your buddy Matthew Stafford will be in that game. Yeah, yeah. I keep hearing. But if there was one guy in baseball that you think could suit up and play in Super Bowl 56, who is it? I'm going to give you two. One is kind of like an obvious one. I think a lot of people will say Giancarlo Stanton played football in high school. Sure did. Then there's there's Byron Buxton, who was you know going to be a wide receiver at Florida State. I'd love mm. to see him running around. But I had lunch with a guy yesterday, Taylor Hearn, pitcher for the Rangers. Good one. Now, Taylor, for me, kind of I envisioned him as like a lanky, skinny dude, 6'6", big dude. But I saw him yesterday put in the pounds on and muscle, too. So 6'6", six, six, all big, put him at tight end. Let him go up and get some balls for you. I think he could do it. Both of these teams have injured tight ends, so one of them could, you know, sign him very quickly. Were you lifting he weights did. with him yesterday or something? No, we had lunch, but I saw this dude. <laughs> I don't know if he wants me to tell people this, but he ordered two rounds of sliders for appetizers, ate them all, and then he ordered chicken parm. Yeah. With- How old is he, 22? You know, I, I, pay, I pay attention football-wise – I like the big uglies, as, as Keith Jackson used Ooh. to say. The, the big uglies. I mean, that's where the game's won, right? On the offensive and defensive lines. 
So this guy is six foot four, two. He's listed at 255. But if you're listed at 255, that means you're a little bit more. <laughs> if we if we keep feeding him, I think he could be like a pulling guard. Rowdy Telez. Oh, Rowdy. <laughs> I think I think Rowdy would be great. I think it'd be a ton of fun out there. You know, he'd be one of those shit talking offensive linemen that would nail you on a pull, take one of those little DBs out for a ride to the sideline and then let them know about it. I love Rowdy, but I'm going to tell you this. I don't think he's got the quickness to be on the line. I don't know. I believe the in line. you, Rowdy. This is what I'll say you, about the NFL line. You have to be born to be an NFL lineman. Like yeah. You have to be a big, badass mofo. Yeah, and a sick, sick pup too, man. Sick pup, yes. Yeah, I got a lot of friends that are offensive linemen over at the network. Eh? Your yeah, hands have to look like a baseball mitt. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, nasty. All right, um, we will be back hopefully talking a little bit more baseball. I know we were trying to break down the divisions, but because of the unexpected Rob Manford presser, we had to deal with that today. That's kind of what we do here on baseball today. But we will be back at it next Tuesday. Do you think your buddy's going to be a, uh, a Super Bowl champ by then? I sure hope so. And I hope I'm so hungover still on Tuesday. That's my hope. Okay. You just be careful out there. You have fun. And uh, Thank you. don't forget to flip on over to NFL Network once the game's over. I'll be down there hosting the post. I'm going to turn all of my TVs on to NFL Network just That's for right. you. I'll, I'll get all dressed uh, special and fancy for you. I won't be wearing a Fresno Grizzlies hat and a uh, blue T-shirt. But you never know. I love it. Um, thanks so much for tuning into baseball today. Special shout out to our producer extraordinaire, the one and only Dan Rourke, who gets his coffee brought to him for $9.78 every morning, even though he should be making it on his own as a 21-year-old. Uh, we will see you next time here on Baseball Today. Thanks for hanging out.